0: Welcome back to Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast that watches bad movies so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And we have a lot of fun. Of course, as we've said pretty much every episode this season, this is season three, baby. This is our uh, have a lot of fun season. Season one, roast them. Season two, toast them. Season three, have a lot of fun. So for today's movie, we picked one that we thought, thought, <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are, <laughs> but um, thought being like the uh, optimum word uh, in the sentence for me was going to be a fun, wild ride. It's got, it's not just got, it is starring one of our favorite boys, maybe ever, Mr. Brendan Fraser. Um if everyone could give a round of applause to Mr. Brendan Fraser who's in this movie. We love him in everything.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I <laughs> everything. Well, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, this is our fun season and so far we've I think we've only done one other Brendan Fraser movie which is George of the Jungle and that was I mean, for me it was one of the top movies that we did. It was one of my favorites. Uh, we have certain actors that whenever you watch one of their movies, you already kind of know going into it that you're you're going to have some fun and Brendan Fraser, I think, is one of those actors. Um, but today's movie not one of his hits. I I will say that. <laughs> we'll we'll get into our thoughts, we'll break down the movie, we'll go over uh, everything but for right now for anyone who hasn't heard of the movie which you'll see right in the title it's furry vengeance and what a title that is uh so if if you guys haven't heard of furry vengeance i have a little summary here from imdb and it says in the oregon wilderness a real estate developer's new housing subdivision faces a unique group of protesters, local woodland creatures who don't
0: want their homes disturbed. Yeah, wow. I mean, we saw the <laughs> title, we saw the poster, we saw Mr. Brendan Fraser in it, and we were like, sold, baby. That's all I need to know. Um I think, though, that for anyone who has not seen the poster and doesn't know that Mr. Brendan Fraser is in it, to just hear the, <laughs> the words furry vengeance um, uttered. Um, I think this movie came out in 2010? I don't know when the... <laughs> Should we talk? About- I feel like we have to talk about this right?
1: Um, I mean, I mean, we've mentioned we've mentioned furries, right, on other episodes. Why not? This is our fun season. This is a season where we just get to let loose and address, you know, everything we need to address. And I think this is something that definitely does need to be addressed.
0: Yeah, you know what? You're right. We're not roasting furries. We're not toasting furries. We're just having a lot of fun with the idea because the title Furry Vengeance does suggest to someone that it has something to do with these um, anamorphic uh, creatures? <laughs> I don't know what you'd call them. Anamorphic creatures.
1: Right? Right, right after, after watched- we said we're not going to roast the furry community. We go ahead and call them <laughs> anamorphic creatures.
0: I think I'm getting mixed. You ever read those uh animorph, the anamorph books? It, <laughs> no, but I have the, heard of them.
1: What what's the uh what's the premise there?
0: Well, you see, um this is why we're friends because I too have not read a single <laughs> uh a single anamorph book, but I have seen the covers of Maybe too many of them that uh littered my school library um, in fifth grade, but wow the the covers were really something they the, <laughs> I think the best part, right? For those of you who are not familiar with the Anamorph uh, series, the covers on every book it's a child who's transforming into some sort of animal. I assume that's what the plot of the book is, some sort of beast boy uh, superhero escapades. But um it shows like four versions. It's got the boy, and then on the other end of the book, it's got the the animal that he transformed. But in the middle, it's got just these... Mwah, Between boy and animal, I don't know what to describe it. It's just the perfect blend of uh, human and animal DNA into the most horrifying of creatures. I'm looking up these covers
1: (laughs) right now, and I, I think I feel like I say this almost every episode, at least once, um, but legitimately, this is the funniest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life. Because the one that I'm looking at right now is this very sad child who, not just in two or three versions, but in like one, two, three, four, five, six, in like six or seven different progressions, is turning into like a fucking lizard. <laughs> something <laughs> and and it's just it looks it the, i i can't even describe it it just looks like a giant snake is
0: coming out of this kid's head <laughs> i got it what if you if you ever think about what if you're like in the middle of uh transforming into an animal something distracts you um and you get stuck <laughs> in that just uncanny Middle states. I see the one that you're talking about, um, with the poor, the poor little lizard child. I think my favorite though, and I'll paint you a picture here, is this one? It's this little yoga girl, and she's doing yoga or something, and then she slowly, but surely, transforming into a starfish. But these middle <laughs> pictures. <laughs> In between human and starfish are just they mm, they're giving me Ki-Adi-Mundi from Star Wars vibes with the very tall forehead. It's wow, just picturesque.
1: I'm I'm looking at that one and it's very good. Um, but I have to say that I'm also looking at the Wikipedia page for the Animorphs series and and let me just read you a sentence uh, from the Wikipedia page. It says that horror, war, dehumanization, sanity, morality, innocence, leadership, freedom, family, and growing up are the core themes of the series. Like what? This children's <laughs> you're telling me this children's series, which is already like indescribable just by the covers. Also, is just like, 100% written about horror, war, dehumanization. What is going on in this fucking series? I mean, what? And then, and then I go, I'm going down further, down this Wikipedia article, and in the plot summary section, it says, the story revolves around five humans, uh, Jake, Marco, Cassie, Rachel, and Tobias, and one alien. And let me just try, to pronounce this alien's name um axe Aks- oh this is a tough one if i cannot read this as a 22 year old how is like i don't know what the demographic is i'm gonna say like a 10 year old how would they be able to read it let me just try axe Aks- accidentally accidentally s garuth is still Nickname Axe. Yeah, let's just go with fucking Axe because what the fuck is Aximilis Garuthus Celcelo?
0: What? what? Wow, that was an absolute beauty to behold. That name. Um. Wow. <laughs> you know when my parents tell me a lot that when they were naming um my brother and I, they tried to come up with names that could not be nicknamed because they didn't want us to like have nicknames they're like they should call you by like your real name or whatever needless to say a lot of people still call me ash <laughs> so it didn't work out too well for them but wow if you have a name like whatever you just said i'm a eh, kind of i eh, i'm not even gonna try <laughs> <laughs> wow that is an absolute doozy you could not have come up with a more a eh, they were like hey what's the most alien name we can come up with? Oh, you have five ideas? Great, we'll use all of them.
1: Yeah, and um, they're all divided by dashes. There's, like, three names here. Eximile, Escarus, Istil. Um, there's, like, three different names that are all just connected by um, dashes for no reason. But the thing is, like, if you name an alien... In your book for, you know, I don't know what reading level this is. But if you name an alien in, like, any book, you can name them literally whatever you want. Why not just go with something simple like Floop? (laughs) That's a fucking alien name. What about, uh, Gashu? I don't know, like, Gashu.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, Gashu with a G. (laughs) The ultimate alien name. Oh, my God. You know what my favorite you know my favorite names are are just like normal names but you changed like one letter like um oh god i saw this one meme that some dude was at starbucks and he was like hey can you write my name it's steven with a ph and the guy wrote <laughs> Well oh the silent just... ph at the beginning <laughs> BH at the beginning of Stephen, but the middle was still a V, like Stephen, but with a V in the middle. And that's, I think, just the peak. (laughs) Wow. I yeah, this series, I've never read a single book. But as Amy said off the Wikipedia page, it explores just the meaning of being what it means to be human. They're like these children need to appreciate what it means to be human um, by turning them into a fucking slug, <laughs> gross ass. Oh my god, I'm looking at this dis- this gross ass cover of this little this poor little boy slowly turning into just a goopy little slug mess on the floor. It's kind of hell. Not gonna lie. Maybe this is what hell looks like.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let me. Can I just read you
1: a, a tiny bit more from the Wikipedia because I'm so intrigued but also horrified <laughs> so um I'm, I'm trying to look up what the the powers are obviously they can transform into animals but do they have like each a specific animal because there's like a hundreds of books and stuff so it says uh though the animorphs can assume the form of any animal they touch to acquire the dna there are several limitations to the ability so apparently they cannot stay in animal form for more than two hours or they will be unable to return to human form and and the morphs become permanent Uh, what also they can only wear tight clothing to be able to be carried over uh with a morph.
0: Said is- every superhero director with a female superhero. In it. <laughs> Sorry, she has to wear tight clothing. It's part of her power.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, and also, um, not only can they just like morph into animals. Also, while in morph, they can telepathically communicate with anyone nearby. Not a, not even just like between the five of them. Just like anyone. Just like anyone. Doesn't say it's limited to other animals of that species or humans or whatever. Just fucking
0: anyone. This is the wildest. See, I can't believe. I think as a kid, the covers just scared me (laughs) off too much. But I cannot believe I haven't read any of these books. Because that sounds wild as hell, man. And like, what what are they going to... You know when...
1: You know You know in Endgame, right, when Bruce Banner is kind of Hulk, Banner, just like somewhere in between, are these kids, if they don't wear tight clothes or they last for more than two hours in animal form, are they going to become some kind of weird,
0: like, Professor Hulk hybrid with the animal, that Oh, God, child slug. Oh, God, look, oh, look what's coming down the street now, it's child slug. Look at Batgirl. No, not the one from DC Comics. That would be cool. (laughs) This is just a disgusting half-bat, half-girl. She's got, like, hair all over her body, and her uh, fingers are, like, weirdly long. Hey, look at Freak Batgirl coming down. (laughs) Could you imagine? I feel like bullying nowadays is pretty bad. Well, it's always been kind of pretty bad. Can you imagine being just, like, a gross half frog how bad that would be for you oh my god
1: i'm already like i i was looking at a picture of my dad when he was younger and i was like he looks like a turtle (laughs) 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 i'm sorry dad i love i love my my dad um but i was looking at this picture and i was like he has the head of a turtle (laughs) And I was like, that is already, like, in my future decades down the line that I will most likely, because I get all of my worst and best, but, you know, primarily worst qualities, (laughs) physical qualities, ailments from his side of the family. I will probably also one day look like a turtle if I don't already. (laughs) And so to not only just be a human who kind of has a head of a turtle but to also be like a fucking trapped in this anamorphic uh hell i mean <laughs> what where would i go from there unless unless i mean the only way that it could possibly be fine was if that animal was a turtle then i could be like that's what it is it's not genetics it's just i'm trapped in this <laughs> turtle body halfway but Still, that is just so <laughs> overwhelming.
0: Oh, wow. We were talking about nicknames before. I might just have to start calling you Master Oogway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so many possibilities.
0: Uh, Raphael, Leonardo. <laughs> mm, oh, yes. <laughs> That's the extent of our turtle knowledge. <laughs> oh, Franklin from the hit TV show, Franklin. Oh my god, my favorite
1: turtle. There was that one episode that freaked me the fuck out, though, where Franklin just, like, literally came out of his shell. Like, not the not fuck? just, you know, <laughs> yeah, not just being a little bit more outgoing. That's not what I mean. I mean, he literally, like, crawled out of the physical shell that I didn't know that they could crawl out of. I thought it was, like, their spine or something.
0: I am pretty sure like ninety five percent sure that turtle shells are like super duper attached to them, um, and like kind of part of their skeleton maybe, but you know, I guess kid shows don't have to teach you real facts.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yeah. No. I I feel like he would die if a turtle did that i feel like they would be
0: dead they would be dead i think they would be super dead also i can't i'm sorry to bring this back i (laughs) i'm thinking now because i'm like we got to bring this back around to furry vengeance right i'm thinking about furries again
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right we haven't really we haven't really talked about furries at all unless you count this like weirdly like half furry for children kind of setup going on in
0: Animorphs. (laughs) It's the stepping stone. It's the gateway drug. (laughs) Here's the thing, though, because I feel like and I don't know much about the furry uh, verse, the furry universe. You knew what I meant. (laughs) But um, most people choose like a wolf or a Tiger, or some like a real animal, to be their furry form. But I'm looking at some of these Animorph covers. Do you think anyone has ever had their like furry awakening as a child by reading these Animorph books and looked at the middle picture?
1: (laughs) I am 100% convinced that somebody's furry origin story had to have come from this series. Because looking at, just looking at the pictures on Google Images of all the covers, so many options, right? So many op- Of course, the starfish girl, right? And then there's this dude who is uh, turning into like, oh, hang on. I'm looking at this cover, and I thought it was a Animorphs cover, but it says delight Chronicles. And there's just oh. a picture of this... It, it looks like a centaur man alien with an octopus tentacle for a tail. Um, that's got to be someone's fursona, right? So much potential in that. That's like three different animals.
0: That's like a fursona and a scaly and a, uh, whatever else there is. I think... Just going off the Google images, I'm assuming that that's like a spinoff of Animorphs because I am looking at another Animorphs cover. That is whatever (laughs) um, that, oh, God, Centaur, Snake, Chimera, Slugman is transforming into. Like an eagle or something, and also in a different one transforming into like a fighter jet pilot. So I don't really know the extent of this <laughs> uh, these <laughs> these powers. Um, I'm assuming that's the alien that you were talking about, right? He, he looks like an alien.
1: Yeah, he looks like an alien. There's literally like a rocket ship like blasting off in in the background towards the sun. And it says Andalite Chronicles. And then before, I guess this is a prequel because um, it says before the Animorphs dot dot dot. There was Elfangor, which I guess is this dude's <laughs> name, Elfangor.
0: I thought his name was Ax. Of, uh, Ax. I'm not going to say the full thing can't make me
1: (laughs) i i have a feeling that this was written after the animorphs and everyone was like hey man um could you not do that again because i literally cannot read i am jared 19 cannot read whenever i see that name and it is not helping my learning how to read experience overall so if you could not do that and he was like i got you um how's Elfangor? How's that? Do you like Elfangor
0: better? Only three syllables. We took it down from like 15. We got you. You want to learn how to read little Timmy in grade three? Elfangor. Three syllables for you. You can uh, you can make it. You know, those names when you're reading um, a book that you just like straight up do not pronounce. And if you're trying to talk about the book later in life, you just will not know how to pronounce Luna's dad. It's like the top of my head. Still don't know what his name is. It starts with an X, maybe. Um, never pronounced it when I was reading Harry Potter. I was just like, oh, I see an X. That's Luna's dad. But I'm not gonna try to pronounce that name. You can't make me, cause you're not my real dad. <laughs> yeah, I I go suddenly
1: blind whenever I read a name that I can't pronounce. I'm like, oh, it's X guy. It's X guy. That's that's all. That's <laughs> all. Guy.
0: It's the X Men. <laughs> the entirety of the X Men. I cannot pronounce. <laughs> it's it's all of them it's vary
1: Wil- wolverine wolverine and professor x and... <laughs>
0: professor <Yeah>. professor x
1: <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like when you have a recording and you play it backwards <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> professor
0: <laughs> wow so true um i think we do sadly have to bring this back around to Furry Vengeance, which either uh, thankfully or not, depending on uh, your preferences, I guess, has nothing to do with furries, furries. It's instead just like random forest animals, mostly raccoons, to my disappointment. Like, literally just raccoons, which are not even, like, native to the forest. I see raccoons, like, every day in the suburbs. Oh, my
1: God. I, I know we're, like, into this episode and we haven't talked any, uh, about free Vengeance yet, but I just got to say one thing. I just have to say one thing. Um, My newest obsession, right? I go through these a lot, but my newest obsession is this man's YouTube channel, who he calls himself the Raccoon Whisperer. His name is like James Blackwood or James Blackwell or something like that. He calls himself the Raccoon Whisperer. And every single day, like 20 to 30 raccoons comes swarming into his backyard and he feeds them all. Like multiple course meals. Like he's like, oh, I think I'm going to start off with the hot dogs today. And then I think I'm going to, for dessert, we got some cookies, going to put out some cookies for them. And then we got some, you know, some grapes. I'm just going to throw some grapes out there. And and I am obsessed with watching these fucking little raccoons in his backyard just eating with their tiny little almost human-like hands. I don't know why it's like it's addicting. It's cute. <laughs> it's- it's very strange but he has like a, a whole little raccoon sanctuary for them with all their little food and he for some reason like they don't wear like collars or anything they're like wild raccoons they're not his pet raccoons um but he's named all of them and like whenever one just like wanders up his his porch or whatever he knows which one it is and i he's like oh that's that's grabby over there oh that's grab oh that's buddy over i'm like how the fuck do you tell that they're they have no like identifying more and then the one called grabby right i am in this the one called grabby he's called that because he keeps grabbing and biting this man's (laughs) knees he goes up and he bites his
0: knees and his ankles oh my god Wow, this is there's so much to unpack here. Oh my god. Um wow, grabby, what a character, what a great name. Reminds I feel like is he naming his um raccoons like Disney named the seven dwarfs? <laughs> like, oh he grabs stuff, so he's uh grabby. He's bald, so he's baldy. <laughs> yeah you know what, like basically like <laughs>
1: He's got Grabby, I, Buddy, I don't know what the rest of them are, um, but he's always like... And then whenever Grabby, like, bites his knees, first of all, he has to wear these, like, you know those rain boots that, like, go up to your knees? He's got to wear those every day, uh, whether it's raining or not, so that they literally don't, like, bite his ankles um, and infect him and stuff. So... <laughs> So he's got to wear those big old rain boots, and then Grabby comes over, bites him. Anyway, he this man like does not give a fuck. He's like, Grabby, he's not like he's not like worried about it. He's not like concerned about the rabies. He's just like, Grabby, you done it again. I told you not to bite my, <laughs> I told you not to bite my knees, but you keep on biting them. You're not getting any cookies for dessert. I'm like, this man like
0: gives no fucks. Gosh, this man is treating his raccoons better than, better than my mom treats <laughs> My mom, I come home. <laughs> you ever uh, This has been a, a meme for many years, but, you know, you're like, oh, I'm really filling some pizza. Can we order pizza, mom? And Mom's like, no, we got pizza at home. Um, and you look in the fridge at home and it's like. Like a single expired tortilla, and like maybe a a a smidgen of blue cheese, and you're like, that's gross as hell. (laughs) I'm not gonna eat that. Um, that should have been thrown out possibly years ago. But wow, this man is out here serving three course meals to these little guys, to little uh little jumpy, little grabby. I he should, uh, he should go to the um, Wikipedia page for Snow White to get some of the uh, names for his little animals. To... Oh, my favorite thing is these unused names for the Snow White dwarves. They are literally the best thing, I think, ever. <laughs> Do you want to hear some of my
1: favorites? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit me with some of those. Hit me with some of those unused dwarf
0: names. Okay. We got some just kind of strange ones but they're not bad right we got um we got baldy because probably bald <laughs> um, we got we got <laughs> goopy i don't know what he did to desert
1: <laughs> i don't want to know what this guy's deal is goopy Ooh, I don't like the sound of that one.
0: Ooh, Goopy. We've got Strutty. He is feeling himself. We've got Hickey, which I feel like for a kid's movie is probably, like, not the way to go. And then we've... Hickey fucks. You know Hickey fucks. (laughs) Hickey fucks. And then we've got some, like, straight-up mean ones. Like, um, Tubby... Just like straight up roast in this guy. And we've got one of my favorite names, I think, ever. Most of these are like descriptions, right? They're like, oh, he's like <laughs> real goopy, I guess. I don't know what is coming out of him, but he is goopy as hell, so that's gonna be his name. Then we've got just straight up insults. This one this one name that they for good reason decide not to use is awful. Just straight. The mama dwarf was like, oh, my gosh, I've just had the most beautiful baby boy. Look at him. He's born with his little baby blue eyes. I'm going to call him awful. Never mind. He sucks. (laughs) My baby
1: straight up sucks. Wow. I bet bet the baby, like, fucking bit her knees or something. As soon as he was out, he's like, chomp. She's like, that's
0: awful. (laughs) That is awful right there. That's what Grabby should have been called. It's just awful. You're going to bite my knees, bitch? I'm going to call you just straight up an insult for your name. And, <laughs> oh, some of my favorites are ones that aren't even describing at, at least awful. Was, like, some sort of description of his character. One of them is just Gabby. Just the name Gabby.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gabby. Is it because is it he gabs a lot? He talks a lot? Is that... Oh, he's maybe. Like, he's like, Shut I your mouth, like,
0: Gabby. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, we do. Another one of the names was Blabby. So maybe they were just kind of spitballing along that uh, path. <laughs> oh my God, they also have Flabby. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there is, I is am. Like... <laughs> 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 wow. Also, I saw. I'm we're uh, gonna wrap this. I saw this one near the end of this list, um, that says Biggie Wiggy, and I have no clue what that means, but I did accidentally read it originally as Big, <laughs> as Big Willie. <laughs> well, you know why he's called that? <laughs> Disney didn't have the guts have <laughs> a character called Big Willie in the movie. Wow.
1: Hey, hey, this is my dwarf character. His name is Biggest (laughs) Dickus.
0: This man's name is Dangless Dongus. (laughs) This dwarf's name is straight up sexy. We got grumpy, dopey, happy, and sexy. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh my god. You, You know that hickey, sexy... Um, a bunch of others, they gotta have hooked up. And so- Hang on a sec. Are the dwarves related? Are they like brothers, or are they just all dwarves?
0: <laughs> they are most likely all dwarves, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Are they just like all just a bunch of unrelated dwarves that came together and, and have formed a little family amongst themselves, or are they like blood
0: relatives? Mm, well, this begs the question, right? Because some of them, like... Grumpy and Doc are, like, super, like, 80 years old, right? And then we got Dopey, who's, like, mm, I don't know, maybe 10? Like, there's a very big age difference between them. I don't know if, like, maybe Dopey, his dad is one of the other dwarves, or if all of their families just, like, spontaneously died in the mines. Oh, Dark Snow White?
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh. That's dark. (laughs) That's
1: dark. (laughs) If, if their families all died in the mines, why do they go and work in those mines in every mor- day?
0: Hmm. Maybe it's to remember. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're all cheerful.
0: They're singing their little song. Oh, God. Do you think that... Because they come back with gems and shit every day, right? Do you think they're actually looking for the bones of... Oh, this is gonna get darker. Oh, we are in pitch black darkness right now. Do you think they're looking for the bones of their ancestors <laughs> or families that died in the mines? Maybe the mines collapsed. Wow. But they're like, shit, I keep finding rare diamonds. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
1: much like the Animorphs series. We didn't know this, but now we do. The Seven Dwarves also deals with uh, horror, war, <laughs> um, losing all of your family members in the mines. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, sadly, I think we have to bring this back around to furry vengeance. Um, I wish that we could talk about Rejected life uh, names all day because some of them are, oh my god, so good. Crabby, I think Chesty was one of them, which... Mm, if we're talking about all these dwarves being a little bit more risque than their Disney counterparts, uh, Chesty's got it in for him. But sadly, we have to go back to Furry Vengeance.
1: Oh, man. Um, can you tell that we really don't want to talk about this this movie <laughs> a lot? But we have to. We have to do it for our, our boy, Brennan Fraser. Um, he worked very hard on this movie, and we would it would be sad if we didn't honor that. So, just before we get into the plot, let's just go over the cast a little bit. So, of course, we got our boy, Brandon, as the main character. Uh, playing his wife is Brooke Shields, who I thought, and this is, uh, you know, this is just a little hint that we've been spending a lot of time together oh recently. Gosh, these, are you about
0: these... to say what I think you're going to say? Oh, yeah. Did I is this think be the best day of my life?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, I'll I'll let I'll let it sink in for a moment. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Are you? Because I'm so ready. I thought I thought she was Sandra Bullock. Oh. I thought it was my girl Sandra for the longest time, but it's Brooke Shields, who I have seen in another movie. Which I'm like, oh Brooke Shields is she from The Blind Side? No, that's fucking Sandra Bullock. Who am I anymore? Who am I, Ashley? Ashley, who am I? Am I you? Me? Am I you now? I feel like I'm an Animorph cover, and <laughs> one side is me, and one side is you, and I'm in that in-between stage where I can't tell anyone's face apart. Oh my god, we're switching
0: places, like Freaky Friday. I was going to say all over again, but... <laughs> before. Wow, you know what? Because we have gone a few, a hot few movies without me <laughs> uh, mixing up two actors before, which... I used to do like every episode. Maybe I'm. We love character development. Am I growing as a person? My memory is growing with me? Or are we swishing places? Animorph style. I have passed on my superpowers to you. <laughs> it is very scary. Um,
1: makes me think of war, horror, um, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Brainwashing, whatever else they said. So, yes. um, she is not, in fact, Sandra Bullock. Uh, rest in peace. No, she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when
0: did this, what? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, the best day of my life, maybe, I think.
1: Yeah, no, unfortunately, Sandra Bullock is not in this movie. Fortunately, she is still alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we also have, um, as kind of the antagonist, we have, uh, Ken Jeong from, The hangover from a bunch of stuff. And then as his assistant, we have Angela from The Office. Um, so kind of an all-star cast
0: with this one. Like a super surprisingly all-star cast. Every time someone came in, I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This person's in it. It was a, it added a much needed just spice, a bit, a little bit of flavor to this. Just plain bread movie. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, speaking of spice, speaking of, you know, a little flavor, um, the first person we see in this movie, I recognize from our night school episode, it's the guy that plays Big Mac in in night school. And in this movie, he's only here for, like, about two minutes, and his name is Riggs. He's this kind of uh, real estate developer who's working on this project where they're trying to cut down the entire forest to build just a bunch of houses, just, like, make a suburban community instead of having some trees and such. So he's in his car, he's driving down the road, and... And, you know, there are a bunch of animals that get in his way. He's not afraid to almost run him over. Uh, so we can tell he's not a good guy. He's on the phone to his boss, uh, Lyman. And they're talking about how they're going to cut down this whole forest. The animals overhear this. The animals, by the way, speak English. Um, they don't speak it, but they understand. It. <laughs> so the animals overhear him. And they have set up... This Home Alone-style Rube Goldberg trap, where they try to
0: kill this guy. They straight up try to kill him, and they might actually have succeeded. It's uh, left kind of up in the air, because I believe this is a kid's movie, but I think it shouldn't have been. I think this would have been so much better, honestly, as a movie, if we could get some real blood going on. Some real gore, maybe. Uh, Well, absolutely. Because there's a lot of very... This movie is very violent for a movie that is not at all violent. So they straight up just, like, set up... I don't know what that thing is called. You see them all the time on YouTube or whatever. Where, like, you roll a ball and then it hits a deck of cards. And that hits a thing of dominoes that fall down and then hit a gun which shoots a bucket when the bucket drops and then it drops a boulder on the guy I don't know what that thing is called but you know those, those like sequences of super elaborate Home Alone boys uh traps and they straight up like push him off a cliff and i in my headcanon he's probably dead yeah they they push this giant boulder and
1: and it um you know makes his car fall down a fucking cliff and at the bottom of the cliff we don't see him but we hear him say on the phone cuz he's still on the phone with his boss he says i quit and yeah i think he dies immediately after but we don't ever know his fate for sure
0: But yeah, should have killed him, because that was a high fucking cliff, dude. That was a super high cliff. I think he's super dead, and maybe that was his ghost? Spirit? Maybe those were his last words before the rocks that he landed on just impaled him on the way down. So a very dark way to open up this movie. And then he literally doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. Before we get into the rest, though, that, that was like the little... Little, uh, bait. honestly, kind of just like a teaser. It was kind of the movie in two minutes, like the whole ass movie in two minutes. Um, and then we just got a longer version, which is super fun. Um, and we totally needed that. We didn't just need those two minutes at the beginning to get what this movie was about. So just like that little two minute scene was a little taste for what's to come for the rest of the movie. Before we get into what actually happens during this movie, we have a, a drinking game to share with you guys to make this movie a little bit more interesting and a specialty drink that you can make yourself to drink along to.
1: So because this movie is about all these, you know, woodland creatures, the drink that we have today is called the Pink Squirrel. And it actually sounds really good. Um, Apparently it tastes like a a milkshake, like a 1950s diner milkshake. Um, There are not many ingredients so it'll be easy to make. All you need is one-third of a cup uh, creme d'almond, one-third of a cup white creme de cacao, uh, plus extra for rimming glasses if desired, and two-thirds of a cup vanilla ice cream. Uh, you also need some cherries for garnish, but those are optional, Or you could have some colored sugar or sprinkles for rimming the glass, but those are also optional. So what you need to do is, if you are rimming the glasses, moisten the edges of the rims with liquor or simple syrup, then dip into the sugar or sprinkles, set those aside. So add both liqueurs and the ice cream to a blender and process until smooth. Pour them into the glasses that you just rimmed, and serve immediately and it should taste like ice cream should taste like a milkshake honestly looks
0: really good looks like in the picture looks like a strawberry milkshake that sounds delicious some of the drinks we have on this podcast are very gimmicky amy does such a good job picking the drinks for every episode that have to do with the movie but this one sounds really really delicious So you could have that you could have whatever drink that you want to have, because now we're going to give you a drinking game. Probably the best part about watching these movies on your own if you're going to. So the first point that I have is every drink every time Brendan Fraser turns on the sprinkler to his house.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I have every time Brendan Fraser yells out the name of a celebrity instead of swearing. Because again, this is a kid's movie.
0: Wow. I have every time someone in the movie talks about blowing up the beaver dam.
1: Ooh, okay. My last one is, and this happens a lot. (laughs) So be careful with this one. Uh, my last one is every time the animals just set a trap for the humans, any human,
0: any animal. OK, good one. I have a couple more, so I'm just going to rapid fire them. Um, any time a think bubble pops up to show what an animal is saying or thinking, every time Brendan Fraser gets hurt, which is? Kind of the whole movie. So you could just do that one on its own. Anytime someone says the word nature. And last but not least, anytime someone says something racist.
1: Oh, yes. This happens a lot, uh, especially with uh, Ken Jong's character. Uh, But we will maybe or maybe not talk about those. (laughs) You don't have to. Um, You can uh, see for yourself if you watch this movie. But yeah, let's get into the actual movie now. So
0: after that little scene with uh, that random guy from night school basically doing a shorter version of the whole movie in like two minutes, uh, we repeat the entire thing again for like an hour and a half, which starts off by Brendan Fraser, our main character, our main man, big boy. He is a contractor for this supposedly eco-friendly company that is building homes in this forested area. And Brendan Fraser has moved his family out of the big city where they used to live. They're all now living in this random forest uh, in a model home so that Brendan can be closer to his work. And Ken Jeong is his boss, who is like the asshole corporate guy who's like, Fuck the forest. We're just gonna kill the animals so that we can build a bigger town. And Angela from the office is his mm, wife? Assistant? It's a kind of unclear.
1: Yeah, they have a kind of, um, let's say, a Tony Stark-Pepper pots dynamic going on, where it's a little
0: bit of both. So, Brendan Fraser is kind of a, <laughs> like... Um, like a Deadpool anti-hero, I guess throughout the movie, he's not really the good guy, he's not really the bad guy. He does work for this uh shitty company that puts up the facade of, yeah, we're so eco-friendly, but behind the scenes they're actually uh, you know, about tearing down the forest and just doing what they got to do. Um, so he thought initially that the plan of their company was to just be developing a small little area like one block, one little uh, street corner and the rest will it'll be surrounded by forest. it's like super nice. but he meets up with his boss Ken Jong, who reveals to him that actually that was only phase one and phase two is to develop the entire rest of the land. <laughs> so phase one was one street and phase two is every other street. <laughs> It's a fantastic breakdown of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and while this is going on, um, Brendan Fraser, who is trying to impress uh, Ken Jeong and, and prove to him that he was... Uh, the right choice for this new job t- uh, to replace Big Mac in the beginning of the movie. He makes like, I don't know. He says something like, uh, I made, I made uh, Ken Kenjong uh, 38 different types of sandwiches. Cause I don't know uh, what, what kind he likes, which first of all, I'll get you a man like that. Um, sec- second of all, in the picnic basket where he put all of his 38 sandwiches that they never actually eat a raccoon, kind of sneaks in while nobody's looking, and he's overhearing this whole conversation. So then when Brendan Fraser leaves uh, the meeting, the raccoon reports back to the rest of the animals through Thought Bubble's drink, and they kind of hatch a plan to drive Brendan and his family. I don't know what his his character's name is. I think we'll just call him Brendan this whole time. So uh, they hatch a plan to kind of drive Brendan's family out of the forest so they don't cut it down
0: yeah which I thought that the raccoon because it, it hid in the little picnic basket I thought they were gonna make a big deal if they open the picnic basket and they're like oh my gosh all the sandwiches are eaten a raccoon and then it like attacks Ken Jong or something because it is like kind of obvious by the conversation that Brendan is just like the little henchman and uh Ken Jong is the big boss in charge of everything but the raccoon doesn't care about that. They're like, mm, Ken Jong seems like a cool dude. We're going to like straight up go after Brendan this entire movie and make his life hell. So that's essentially what the entire rest of the movie is. So when Brendan goes back to tell his family basically what the rest of the plan is, his family, originally not super happy with him for relocating them to the middle of nowhere in this random forest. His son had to leave all his friends behind. He's already like a moody teenager. And now he's like double that. His wife does not like it here either. No one likes it here. No one's happy that he's uh, chopping down even more of the forest and blowing up beavers on their first day there. And on his way to work the next day, is when the animals decide to put their little plan into effect because they straight up try to murder him like a lot. Like this movie could be very dark if it wanted to.
1: Yeah, just like at the beginning they have some traps set home alone style. I kind of wish they did go darker um just to see just to see where that would have went. But uh they set some traps for him. He, you know, gets hurt a lot. I I don't even think we can list everything that they do to him. But, you know, something that they do is this crow or something just like pecks at his window every night, drives him crazy. And then he wakes up his wife. He's like, the crow is pecking at the window and the crow stops. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, there was a crow pecking. Anyways, so you get it. all the animals are like trying to make him uh, think he's crazy and drive him out of the forest. And, you know, he gets skunked. He has to take a tomato juice bath, which, like, I, I always think about this whenever someone takes a tomato juice bath in movies because they get skunk. Who, like, originally thought of that? Like, who was like, oh, I got skunk stank all over me. I think I'm just going to drench myself in tomato
0: juice? Yeah, how many different liquids do you think they went through before they were like, oh, shit, tomato kind of works, though? Do you think they were like, oh, man, uh, a skunk just gun got me. I'm stanky as hell right now. I'm going to go take a shower. Oh, shit, that didn't work. Guess I'm going to drench myself in mayonnaise. Oh, what's that, uh, Bill, in the bat? You said mayonnaise? That's gross as shit. But you know what? I'm so stinky right now. I'm just going to do whatever you say. I think they had probably, like, a corporate meeting um and just, like, went through a list <laughs> of stuff while their boss was just <laughs> Dang, I just absolutely stanking up that meeting room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet whoever the first person who thought of it, either a scientist or just someone who, like, got freaky with tomato juice, just something about it just gets them freaky. Um, And they're just bathing in it anyways. And they just happened to get uh, skunked. And then they go home and they're like, I'm just going to take my regular tomato juice bath and guess what? It cured the skunk stank. And, you know, they got to make up an excuse. They got to be like, oh, yeah, I tried all of these other um, alternatives. But, you know, it just happened to be like they weren't already planning on taking that tomato juice bath. I bet it was someone I you know, yeah, it's got to be something like that.
0: Oh, a lucky find, a kinky find. It's like that uh, first person that <laughs> discovered milk. Was just like in the back of their farm. Like, what if, what if I jerked off this cow right now? <laughs> hey, is anyone looking? What if I just like, what if I just jerked off this cow right now? What do you think anyone would notice if I just jerked off this cow?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's really fucking weird. This cow is like three dicks or something. I don't know, but I, I'm gonna try. Try me a piece of that.
0: Hey, uh, hey, hey, Timothy. Hey, Timothy and, uh, <laughs> hey, Timothy and Chalamet. <laughs> hey, my, my two farm buddies, Timothy and Chalamet. You wanna come here? We got like three, three dinks on this here cow. What, I think we could all jerk them off at the same, oh, shit. oh, shit, Timothy, what the hell is coming out of this? Oh, oh, Timothy, it is deli- have you got a lick of this? It is quite delicious we can't tell anyone about this though right timothy we can't we can't tell anyone how we got this delicious couches
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh timothy's already bottling it up selling it at the farmer's market timothy knows how to how to (laughs) how to upsell um yeah they gotta be some big old freaks throughout history just find just discover i don't mean that in a derogatory way i just mean that these people are so creative that they have blessed us with the cure for uh skunk stink um all kinds of things throughout history because because of these curious people
0: yeah, I'm so glad you put it that way. Um they are just so creative and not at all freaky. <laughs> oh, it's so true. You, you ever like, oh, oh shit, I got a I got a mosquito bite. Oh my god. I'm itching so much. What do I do about this mosquito? Oh, put some I don't know, put some honey on it. Oh, wow, that worked. How did you know about that? Um Rodrigo, how did you know that putting honey on your body was, Oh, oh, you were just going to um, roll around in some honey before and you just discovered this on your own? Well, yeah, that makes sense. That is a perfectly logical explanation and not at all a kink. Hey,
1: hey, um, I, I just got bit by a stingray. So what I need you to do, and do not question my science, is I need you to take your dick out and piss on me. I just need a good long piss on... <laughs> On my stingray sting,
0: um, and I think that's gonna cure me. You know, in my twenty odd years of existence, I have heard that every time I go to the beach, you hear someone be like, "If you, if you run into one of them jellyfish," I don't know why I'm still doing the farmer accent. <laughs> if you run into one of them jellyfish, just like have someone piss on you. And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds." perfectly logical and i'm not going to question at all where that came from wow there is some just uh creative people out there huh how many different liquids do you think they went through before they were like what i don't know like we drank all our juice that we brought to the beach oh shit we i know i brought some fucking cleaning vinegar here for some reason and that didn't work what what other juices can we try oh billy has to go to the bathroom i don't I guess. How long do you think it took them to drive this? Uh these are God's
1: juices, ma'am. Um I'm sure like it, it was like the second or third on the list,
0: to be honest. <laughs> Little Billy in the back was itching to pull his
1: dick out. Yeah, here. no no no. It, it it's gotta be someone who's like at the beach, they're like, you know what, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be at the beach, but you know what would make this day even better? If I got someone to piss on me. Just like a nice long piss. Hey, hey, hot lifeguard. Hey, um, so I just got stung. It's whatever, you know. But I need you to piss on me. Like, ooh. I mean, on the one hand, genius. But on the other... Wow.
0: Oh, yeah, he knows what's up. Billy thought that he was coming to a nude beach. He got there, and he was like, oh, shit, all these people are clothes. What am I going to do now? I can't just whip out. I can't just whip it out in the middle of all these clothes people. I need an excuse. And someone comes back from the water, and they're like, I got a jellyfish sting. And he's like, not to worry. I know exactly the remedy for this. <laughs> I My moment has come. <laughs> <laughs> well, your moment in, in something else, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: I have completely lost where we are in this movie. <laughs> no. Oh, I remember. Tomato juice. <laughs> oh, yes. That's why we started on this road. <laughs> oh, there's this whole scene where he's taking a tomato juice bath and... The animals are fucking just, like, in his house for some reason. I guess he left the door wide open or, like, all the windows open because there are, like, five animals in his house, just wild fucking creatures roaming around his house, and they're setting traps for him in his own bathroom so that he would come out of his tomato juice bath, go to his closet, see that they stole literally all of his clothes, and he has to wear his wife's tracksuit, um, that says yum yum on the butt, which I would like, I would like one of those, but
0: <laughs> yum yum is a good, uh, slogan, but I feel like there could be better ones. Yum yum is like, oh yeah, my bum is tasty. What, but, but like, I think there's some better ones. I think I would go for like Roger Roger would be a good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that, that'd be good. Okay, so in, in the meantime, Brendan's wife has been roped into doing this forest festival, organizing it. And at the same time, Brendan, in his yum-yum tracksuit, <laughs> has to go to a meeting with Lyman, his boss. And all of the meetings are in Lyman's private jet. But Brendan's like, this is embarrassing. I don't want to be seen in my uh, yum yum tracksuit. So I'm just going to stay in the car and, and have this meeting. The point of the meeting was that uh, Lyman is going to sponsor the whole Forest Festival. That's not really important, though. Um, Brendan, while he's in his car... Because he's embarrassed of being in his wife's yum yum sweatpants. He decides to go out of the car for no reason and he gets harassed by like three animals. Um, there's a fucking vulture or something that, that chases him around and Brendan, the whole reason he wanted to stay in the car was because he didn't want to be seen, but then he's running around this random field, um, in plain view of Lyman in his yum-yum sweatpants, being chased by a vulture. So that kind of backfired on him.
0: Yeah, also, um, when he, because he has to put on this yum-yum um, velour tracksuit or whatever of his wives to leave the house, to get in the car, to drive to this runway to call Ken Jeong, Um, which originally he was supposed to get in the jet, but of course he's like, this is super embarrassing, so he decides to just call him from outside the jet. If you were just going to call him, though... Like, you could have just done that from home, right? Been like, I'm sorry, I can't, we're just going to, like, call. Because all he did was say, like, hey, so my wife is doing this forest festival. It would probably be, like, super sick of our company to sponsor it, because people would really like that. And then Ken Jong would be like, sick, you're a genius. And he wouldn't have had to embarrass himself or get attacked by a hawk or anything. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have made so much more sense because the whole reason for that scene was just
0: to embarrass him some more. But we already had like an hour of that. Yeah, that that's basically what most of the movie is, is these animals just absolutely terrorizing Brendan Fraser and embarrassing him and humiliating him. And just like somehow dividing up his family like these, these little raccoons are very devious. And of course, no one believes Brendan Fraser that all these animals are harassing him because he's like, there's a fucking squirrel out to get me. And they're like, you are insane. So they sent him to a therapist who the therapist is um, that guy from The Princess Bride. (laughs) But of course, all the animals find him there, too, and attack him. And his therapist doesn't believe him. And this guy is just having like the worst time of his life. And the only person that eventually kind of believes him is his son, who tells him that the land that they're building on was cursed by the raccoons in the, like, fucking 1300s. And anyone who tries to settle it just, like, gets beat the hell up by these little forest animals. Yup. And despite
1: that, Brennan's like, I'm going to fight these fucking forest animals, even though, like, Everyone who came before me, who wanted to, you know, build things and renovate on this land, they died or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go and try to fight these animals. So he does that and still does not work out for him. Eventually, though, there's this sheriff dude who's kind of just like hanging around his house for no reason all the time. And one day, Brendan is, like, in the forest. He's getting real fed up, and he has this whole big fight with this raccoon. And he's like, I'm going to get you, raccoon. I'm going to fucking kill you or something. And then the sheriff comes by, and he shoots the raccoon with a tranquilizer dart. And Brendan's like, where'd you get those? And the sheriff's like, you want some? I can get you some. And they just, like, tranquilize literally all of the animals in this forest and put them in cages. So that's that on that. Uh, not very good for the animals. And then his son, who at some point at his school met this, like, girl that he likes in the library, and then the son and that library girl are going on a run together in the fucking forest? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so they're going on a, on a jog together in the forest, and they come across this whole big section of the forest, where the animals are all in cages and and there's like a big fence around it and then the girl gets mad at him because she's like your dad did all these nasty things to the animals blah 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 uh we're over and he's like wait what <laughs> and and she leaves and she's like bye so then um the forest festival is coming up brendan is still getting terrorized by these fucking animals especially the the crow the raven whatever bird is knocking at his window at night and there's this part where his wife is like let me get you some sleep tea some magic mushroom sleep tea and he's like okay so he takes this fucking sleep tea not not just one cup of it but like the whole box of it and he envisions he hallucinates all of the animals are like in his kitchen having some kind of alvin and the chipmunks dance party and they graffitied
0: on his walls and stuff yeah it is very wild alvin and the chipmunks Honestly, could never, because there was like a hundred of these motherfuckers in this house. Thankfully, though, Brendan Fraser uh, locked them all up in their cages later, which is why the girl broke up with the dude. Um, But we start to see kind of a little bit of a montage that after all the animals are basically gone. Brendan Fraser kind of starts to get his life back. Everything's happy. His family is like starting to connect again. Um, Because he's not acting like a psycho. But he also starts to like miss the animals, even though they were trying to straight up murder him this entire movie. He, he's like, he goes to visit the cages at this one point, and he's like, starts berating the raccoon. He's like, fuck you, you ruined my whole life. But then he sees that the raccoon has like some little raccoon babies, and he realizes that, oh shit, animals have families too. So now he's like, oh my god, I was the bad guy all along. Yeah, and now he has to make up
1: for it. Also, I just gotta say something. I just got to say something really quick. I don't know where it happens in this movie, but I'm assuming it's around here. I think right before he locks up the animals, he gets skunked twice in this movie, right? The first one, it's, it's whatever. It's not a very long. The second time he gets skunked in this movie, I just have a note about it because it's so important and significant. The second time he gets skunked in this movie We have, like, at least a 5 to 10 second skunking where the skunk juice is spraying on him. And it looks like milk. (laughs) Now, I've never been skunked, but I was assuming it was, like, not the color of milk
0: no, I assume that it is like a really stanky, stanky fart, right? Like just a breeze of just pure stank coming at you. But it's not a liquid, right? It is. It probably. It, it's a gas, right? Unless I just don't know anything about raccoons. Well, skunks. But <laughs> I, that is, in fact, what I meant to say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I thought because you know in the Pepe Le Pew, whatever his name is, the skunk cartoon dude, it's like it's just like a cloud right it's just like a skunk cloud maybe if it has to be a liquid if it has to be a liquid maybe like a clear liquid i don't fucking know why does it look like milk why is it the opacity of milk though sorry why is this white clear liquid just like sprayed all over brendan fraser's face in this kids movie i don't think i'm really selling to you how the scene looked it's Imagine Brendan Fraser's face, right, just normal, whatever era of him you want to imagine, and then just like milk dripping all over it. In fact, just imagine anybody's face with milk dripping all over, you get a certain, there's a certain connotation with somebody's face with milk dripping all over it, and it's not one that one would expect or want to find in a kid's movie. (laughs) Very raunchy.
0: Very raunchy. Also, it's literally impossible not to think about that. Literally, the little skunk just, like, lifts up its ass, and in the next scene, oh, Brendan is uh, covered in milk. So now
1: we kind of get to the Forest Festival at the forest festival, the library girl who kind of broke up with the sun is there protesting the deforestation. And the sun comes along. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, I got to protest because your dad's being a dick. And he's like, well, if you're going to do it, do it right. And he just says the same thing that she was saying, which is like, stop them from cutting down the forest anyway he was being extra about it so that's happening at the same time Lyman has this investor um that he's showing around the festival and being like this is where we're gonna you know put all the houses it's a nice little community whatever oh yeah Lyman is Kenjong, by the way yes Lyman is Ken, Ken Jong and so he's like showing him around and the investor dude asks about like why there are no animals around here and then brendan fraser's like uh we kind of took him away and the investor's like perfect i hate these fucking animals all over you know how many animals there are in the world i hate them all so yeah i'll, I'll sign this deal i'll give you some money to get rid of all these animals i guess and then brendan fraser's like "Ooh, that's pretty sus so he goes and he releases all of the animals and this is where he finds out oh my god animals have families too so he goes and he releases all of the animals from their cages and they plan like a super attack just like a massive war braveheart style against the humans so it starts off the investor's like up on the stage with Ken Jong and then Ken Jong's like, Oh, can you sign this paper that says we got a deal? And he's like, Yeah, I'll sign it. Let me just sign this paper in front of literally everybody in the town. So they're signing this paper. A bird flies overhead, poops right on the paper. Great aim, astounding, 10 out of 10. And the guy's like, I can't sign this paper. There's bird poo on it. <laughs> Ken Jong's like, you have to sign it. And he's like, I don't think I do, cause there's literally bird shit on it. So that buys them some time. Uh, there's a lot of bird poo in the scene. We don't have to talk about it. Then <laughs> the animals come into the festival. The animals, uh, not happy. About the situation. So they're just attacking everybody. They steal the paper that already has bird poo on it. And just, you know, just as a backup, they steal it also. And they are just, like, harassing all the humans, especially Ken Jong. They chase him into this inflatable tunnel that looks like a butthole. Anyways. Yes. Yes, it does. So they're like, you know, um, chasing everyone out and Brennan gives this big old speech about how the environment is good and tearing it down is bad. And that's kind of it. That's, That's kind of
0: that's just kind of it. Yeah, he apologizes to everyone in the town. He's like, I, I've i been kind of a dick to animals, I guess. And then his family is super happy with him because he's like, oh, you're a good guy now. Um, And we get a little like three years later or whatever that he becomes a forest ranger eventually to protect the animals. And then that's
1: the that's the last scene. But in the credits. There is for some reason a closing song that has nothing to do at all with the movie it's called Insane in the Membrane and they have a whole music video like kind of like a behind the scenes music video to go along with the song Insane in the Membrane um and that avengers could never right this post credit scene beats every other post credit scene out there It is very strange, but also, it looked like they had a good time,
0: at least, on the set of this movie. (laughs) Insane in the memory. (laughs) Insane in the brain. (laughs) It's like a very catchy song, surprisingly. Maybe because it only had, like, one word. But it was a, a, a bit of a twist um at the end most of the time a twist has to do with the plot this time was just with the vibes where you're like oh that's cute brendan's a good guy now and he's a forest ranger and then they're like psych it's a music video now and all the cast is gonna be singing and dancing bollywood style for literally no reason at all (laughs) it did look like a good time yeah at least he
1: had fun i feel like he 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 had fun but also i do have a little piece of trivia here and um it says unfortunately or maybe fortunately because it it there's a lot of self-awareness in this uh Brendan Fraser <laughs> admits that he is ashamed of this film a very bold statement but
0: um not unexpected <laughs> you know what I'm not sure quite what Kant I'm not sure if he's ashamed at the things he had to do in the movie or just with the product overall, which I can attest to both. I think this movie was, I think we got to say it, this movie was not good. This movie was not good. (laughs) Um, And Brendan Fraser did have to put himself through just kind of the most embarrassing stuff. He had to wear some very tight ill fitting clothing and um just like looked like he had a little bit of a milky substance on his face um, and he had to run around in his underwear and uh get shit on his face like i don't think it was a good time for him <laughs> No, maybe, maybe,
1: um, that, uh, music video was misleading. I, now that I think about it, yeah, it's maybe not a good time for him. The one thing I do think he had a good time with was, because up until now, he's now being, when this movie came out, he's been doing a lot of action movies. He's been, you know, George of the Jungle, Journey to the Center of the Earth, whatever. But in this one, I saw in an interview, he said he, you know, on purpose, he, he didn't stick to a diet because nobody was asking him to he didn't have to look a certain way and so he just you know ate whatever he wanted and i think that is good for him i like that for him i don't like though that they kind of like made fun of his body in this movie just because it's not the brendan fraser body that we're used to like he still looks good he's brendan fraser why y'all making fun of him let him be
0: Yeah, he's Prince Fraser, man. Let him live. He honestly, the dude has been through so much in his life. I don't know at what point in his life this movie was filmed, but the dude has been through it. Can we not just let him live? I mean, I'm pretty sure actors have to go through pretty rigorous dieting and exercise and everything to get the kind of perfect body for whatever role they're going to be in and this guy for this movie could just be himself and let loose and not have to worry about being the perfect guy or whatever he could just be himself and that's like good for him that he didn't feel like he had to do that and that he could just sort of be like this is me i'm not trying to be anything we love brennan fraser in this house and we only want good things for him yeah. And you know
1: what? He already is the perfect guy, no matter what he looks like, because he's Brendan Fraser. And we love that. But yeah, it was kind of it was kind of mean of them to throw some jokes about it in there. Also, the I mean, we'll go into our final thoughts. I think this is our uh, we've kind of wrapped up the movie already. So these are our final thoughts. The jokes in this movie, very slapstick um, half of them. The other half kind of uh we we've got um the shaming brendan fraser's body jokes we've got some kind of racist jokes they're not they're not very good i hate to say it i hate because we know Brandon is a funny guy but i hate to say that the jokes that were written in this movie are not very good
0: no was a little let down by the comedy in this Movie. I think there was only, like, one or two times that I chuckled, and, like, not that much. I hate to say it. It, Worse than the comedy, I think, was just the general (laughs) experience watching this movie. I, okay, maybe I just love Brendan Fraser, but this movie was so frustrating to watch. Don't know if it's just me, Ames. You tell me if you felt this way watching it, but... I was, like, on Brendan's side the whole movie. Like, I didn't care that he was, just, like, some corporate dude. He, like, first scene he's in, he's getting, like, g- attempted murder by a raccoon trying to drop a boulder on him. Like, I know that this movie is supposed to be about saving the environment and Greenpeace and shit, but, like, fuck those animals, okay? Gotta say it kill them. I wanted those animals not just to be tranked. I wanted to get rid of those animals. Those animals sucked ass. They could suck my ass. I just wanted good things for Brendan and all the stupid fucking little animals in this movie kept messing that up. I'm like, he's not even the bad guy. Okay. Ken Jong is the bad guy of this movie. Brendan is the sweet, adorable, lovable antihero. And y'all keep messing things up for him. And I will not stand for it.
1: Yeah. Okay. 100 percent agreed. And I think part of the reason that I hated the fucking animals and I didn't really care about the animals in this movie um, was because of the way that they did the CGI in this weird Polar Express esque, um, not quite. The animal, but also not not the animal. Some weird, uncanny valley stuff going on with these animals because uh, most of them were CGI. I think on IMDb it says the only scene in the movie where there was actually an animal that he worked alongside with was like one with a turkey, which I don't remember there being. Oh, I guess when he's chased through the field. Um, in the Yum Yum sweatpants, I actually have no idea what scene they're referring to. Uh, but the rest of the time, the animals were CGI. And taking that into account, Brennan Fraser actually acted pretty well alongside, you know, nothing. You, because they haven't put in, like, any puppets or whatever. It's just, like, all CGI. Um, so I think he did a good job working with literally <laughs> nothing to work with in the scene because a lot of the scenes he it's just him and some animals that aren't there. So taking that into account, I think he did a pretty good job with that. But the actual animals, the actual CGI was, it was not very good. Um, But at the same time, it also wasn't as bad as it could be, but it was, it wasn't good, but it wasn't, it just wasn't. It was like
0: uh, a couple years ago, Amy and I went to go see, um, The live-action Dora movie in theaters together. And the CGI for the monkey in that movie was awful. Like, so, like, so bad, dude. That was one of the worst animal CGIs I think I have ever seen. I think, at least for this movie, they looked like real animals. I don't know if it was better or worse, because they did look like real animals. They had realistic fur. Their eyes were not crazy cartoon out of proportion but you're right it fell into like the uncanny valley thing because they looked so similar to real animals but there was still something off about it that you couldn't quite place the whole time you were just like why doesn't this why doesn't it seem like a real raccoon but it also seems like a real raccoon and it was like frustrating (laughs) yeah and and one thing i
1: did like about the animals was that they didn't try to make them talk they, they just, you know, had speech bubbles or thought bubbles um, with what they wanted to say, which is good because I don't I don't want to see. A, I think there was like one line at the very end before the music video where an animal talked. And I was like, that is the worst part of that movie, that one line. And this is a not a good movie. But but every so often there would be like a squirrel Screaming, and its mouth would be so obviously CGI, but the rest of the squirrel would look okay. And it was like, Ew, what is what is
0: going on here? Oh God, yeah, it's like in those um like Disney Channel shows or whatever when it, oh we magic the dog to talk, and then it's like clearly a real dog, but they CGI the mouth to move, and the mouth is just moving completely separately than anything else, and it's just. Just like kind of nightmare fuel, honestly. So these animals are kind of terrifying. Um, and also in conclusion, fuck these animals. They suck. They were the worst. Thank you for <laughs> hearing my TED talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this and the bee movie are very similar in that they're both kids' movies about saving the environment, but there's something about them that people just, really love to hate and even though the message itself which is that don't cut down trees because that's bad for the environment that's a good message but the way that they portray the animals is like not sympathetic i guess because like when i watch this movie i'm like yeah fuck those animals because they're being mean to Brendan fraser and when i watch the b movie i'm like what the fuck is barry b benson doing trying to get with a human like what is going on here? So <laughs> they they have a good message, but it's just like what is going on here?
0: Yeah, agreed. The B movie was like a, you got the it. The B movie, the B plot of the B movie was the whole environmental thing. The main spotlight was bestiality and law drama, I think, which was a strange um, choice. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Jerry Seinfeld's part. Also, yeah, in this movie, I get, save the environment, great message to have. Don't go about it where we hate the characters that are trying to save the environment. Yeah, it's just
1: um a whirlwind, but... Very unnecessary. It wasn't, I think this one, I think you can, uh, if you're just going through all of Brendan's movies, I think that you can skip this one. It's not one of his finest. Yeah, he's, he shows off his comedic chops a lot more in, in movies like George of the Jungle, which are also written much better than this movie and made and, uh, they look much better than this movie. So I would say, go watch that one instead. So those are our final thoughts. There were a lot of roasts. Um, some toasts, and those were for Brendan only. But now we have a new segment in season three, which is what we would improve. And I think we kind of went over a lot of our points already, but just to reiterate, because we want, we've been doing a lot of roasting uh, on this podcast, not just in this season or the last or whatever, uh, but we want to make our criticism a little more constructive and think about how we would kind of remake these movies to make them a little bit better. So
0: what, what actually would you uh, improve in this movie? I'm sure there's a lot. I have so many points. I have got the perfect vision in my head for how this movie could have gone from like a D movie to like an A movie. First of all, drop the PG rating. Bring it up to at least a PG-13 if we can get it to an R. Mwah, that would be so perfect. Show all the gore, all the blood. If if stuff is going to be happening to Brandon Fraser, I want stuff to be happening to Brandon Fraser, you know? I don't want him to, like, swerve out of the way of that boulder. I want, like, his arm to get... <laughs> I think we are diving too deep into these kinks but you know what i mean it they didn't go far enough with uh sorry
1: sorry let me just interrupt on behalf of everyone listening is that a kink of yours to have his arm trapped in a boulder like 127 hours style and have to cut it off or, or something
0: yeah, it is always what I have dreamed um, is to be crushed under the weight of one of those sexy, sexy boulders. Um, it just does it for me. <laughs> okay, okay, just checking. You um, can move on now. <laughs> um, on a more serious note, like, I mean, we kind of already covered this, but to have the animals be more likable would have changed this movie so much if you had made brendan fraser and i get he's brendan fraser he's our sweet 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 boy and there's no way we could ever hate him but if you had made him like the villain of this movie and then slowly changes his mind because even in the beginning of this movie he was very kind of hesitant about doing anything bad to the environment and by the end he was still kind of in the same vein but just a little more yeah we should save the environment so if you started off with him like Ken Jeong, uh just like the bad guy of this movie, maybe get rid of Ken Jong's character entirely to make him the CEO, him in charge of everything. And then maybe he gets to know the animals better or something. Um, but having the animals be so unlikable. I wanted the animals dead. I wanted the forest defi- I wanted the forest deed. Deforest that. Get rid of those. Snipe those animals. Because they were being mean. They are being big meanie heads to Brandon. And I couldn't take it. Yeah, I like what you said about
1: him just going for it. Just him as the villain. I don't think we've seen him in like a full-on villain role. Um, at least in, not in, in any of the movies I've seen with Brandon. But I would love to see him just go full villain. And... Yeah, okay, so the thing about the antagonists in this movie, excluding Brendan Fraser because he's not really an antagonist, so the big bad guys, I'll say, in this movie are Ken Jeong's character and maybe the investor at the end, um, who is Indian, which I only mention because they're, like, the only people of color in this movie, Ken Jeong and the investor dude, and they're in, except for the... People who are like construction workers, which is very stereotypical. So <laughs> I, I'm not gonna count them. But in in the major roles, it's really only Ken Jong. and to have him as the only person of color and the only, and you know, the big bad antagonist, not a very good look, not a very good choice for the movie. Um, to put everyone else in like a very stereotyped role, not very good. So either they would have had to have more, I think, people of color in the actual cast as protagonists, which is the better option of the two that I'm suggesting right now, or they just have the whole cast be white because the whole cast is like already pretty much white, and if they had Brandon as the villain slash hero in
0: both of those roles, I think they could have pulled that off much better. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think there was a need at all for Ken Jong's character. Uh, Angela from The Office's character, The in- Investor, really. I think it could have been the exact same movie, just with those characters gone, because we oh, don't need to dwell on it. But a lot of the racist jokes do come from Ken Jong's character. And I get that it was supposed to be like, oh, look at him. He's the asshole. He's making all these racist jokes. But at the same time, they were still racist jokes, you know? Yeah. And um, I I, I completely agree. I don't think he needed
1: to be in the movie. Uh, A lot of people didn't need to be in the movie. Like you said, like basically all of the big bad corporate guys. Also, the creepy sheriff dude who is in this. Like, I don't know why he keeps coming to their house for no reason at all. But the only real thing that he did for Brendan in this movie is, like, give him tranquilizer darts. But, like, Brendan could have just gone to the store and gotten
0: some. Yeah, what the fuck was that character about? He showed up for, like, two scenes. Brendan gets, like, uh, mauled by a raccoon or something. And the sheriff comes into town. And he's like, I'm sorry, your husband's probably dead. And the wife's like, what the fuck? No, he's not. And then he comes barreling out of the woods, like, hey... Sorry, I'm late. I got mauled by a bear or whatever. And then the sheriff's like, oh, shit, I guess I can't do my job. And he, like, leaves or whatever. There was literally no point to his character. He could have gone. The girlfriend didn't need to be there. So many of these characters did not need to be there.
1: Yeah. The, the, the thing about the sheriff is, like, he never at any point saves Brandon. He just, like, comes by and comments on, on how rough his life is. Like, oh, damn. Like, you got attacked by a bear? That sucks. Like, yeah, like, we know as the audience that that sucks.
0: So now that we have given our constructive criticism, we are going to get into what the internet thought about this movie. We have a couple reviews from IMDb, a couple from Letterboxd, and we're going to share them with you. Let's start off with IMDb, I think. So the first review we have is by user Kidaka. (laughs) who gave it a 7 out of 10 and their tagline is a hoot sorry the other reviews expected more from this movie did they read the summary i found it stupid silly and great fun sometimes silly is best when the actors know it is silly no the acting isn't grand and yes the plot is goofy but isn't that what this movie is all about put your expectations on the shelf Grab your favorite drink and snack and watch something that is consistently silly and just plain dumb. The animals are a hoot, and the family man, Brendan Fraser, gets a real lesson from them. And stay watching for the goofy closing credits. It's just plain fun to watch, and the actors appear to have enjoyed themselves. You know what?
1: It was hard for me to find a bad review of this movie. In oh. all of the reviews almost they mentioned like, "Hey, why is everyone giving such bad reviews?" But I couldn't actually find any bad reviews. They must have been like way at the bottom <laughs> of, uh, of the IMDb reviews. But a lot of people came to Brennan's defense, to this movie's defense, and they were like, "Hey, actually, it's not that
0: bad." Well, you heard our <laughs> well, you I know our thoughts. Get to our review eventually the second review we have is by user zulu 42 who also gave it a 7 out of 10 and their tagline is not a train wreck after all this is one of those movies where you just know that the acting by both humans and cgi modified critters will be over the top once you accept this fact and look at it as just a lighthearted piece of family-friendly fluff that doesn't take itself too seriously it's kind of amusing There's no obvious profanity, nor is there any nudity, and when the characters get into some wildly unbelievable scrapes that, realistically, would cause a lot of bodily damage, pain, or worse, death, it's glossed over, because this is a kid-friendly movie. It's made that way, in the old Disney-style tradition. To entertain with lots of cartoonish antics, particularly by Brendan Fraser's goofy real estate developer character, It's nice to see Brooke Shields acting in something again, but the real stars of this silly but often funny film are the animals, especially the ringleader Raccoon and his platoon of able and willing skunks. Don't expect the depth of Shutter Island or the amazing special effects of Avatar here. This is just a cute little film for parents with kids who are not interested in seeing giant robots blow the snot out of a city yet. They're still young and naive enough to find the cutesy antics of comical animals amusing enough. Check it out if you've got little ones or if you just need a break from the rest of the stuff that's been churned out by the ton of studios out there. Wow. (laughs) What a doozy.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, I do agree that people are oftentimes too harsh on on kids movies um, because uh, critics, not kids. Right. A lot lot (laughs) of times older people. Um, so they don't have the same tastes in, mu- in, uh, in movies.
0: That said, still was very good. Still, uh, there are some Pixar, great example, makes kids movies that are like still hold up for an adult audience. And they're still fantastic and emotional and hit all those hard hitting points. And the animation is on points. This movie hit none of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even
1: just uh, considering Brendan's other movies. Like, we saw George of the Jungle, and that was fantastic. And that's also a kid's movie. Um, But this one... Well, okay, we'll, we'll get to our reviews. First, we have some letterbox reviews. I think there are three today. The first one is by Rueri is Cool, who didn't give it a star rating, but they said... I love this film. I think he should have gotten an Oscar, which I agree with. (laughs) The second review is by Andrew, who gave it two out of five stars. This movie is so blatantly stupid and self-aware, I almost feel bad saying it's a bad movie. But it is. It very much is. And it's also a whole lot of fun. Well, (laughs) (laughs) thanks, Andrew. The last review is by Manu Austin, who gave it one star. And they say, great poster, even better film. Honestly, a misunderstood classic. Now, I can't tell if this review is being sarcastic or not.
0: (laughs) I would would say so. (laughs) That's all the reviews that I got. Wow. Well, now that we have heard what the Internet has to say about this movie, uh, we are going to give our own number reviews to this branded Fraser classic. If you're new to the podcast, we rate all the movies that we watch on what we call the Gold Bloom scale, which is a scale of bad movies. So a 10 out of 10 is not a perfect movie. It's just pretty good for a bad movie. And a 1 out of 10 is so bad we could barely finish it. Amy, what would you give this movie out of 10? This is tricky because it is was not
1: it was not as fun as we were hoping obviously because we brought this onto to um our fun season but i do love Brandon, and i will watch pretty much anything he's in so i'll give it maybe like a three because i know it wasn't as bad as it could have been but it also wasn't great um so those three are just
0: for Brandon. What about you? What do you think? I agree. The only points I will be giving away are specifically for Brendan Fraser and no one else. I am in the same ballpark you are. I think I'm going to give it a 2.5. It just annoyed me. (laughs) I just wanted good things for Brendan. These stupid little fucking squirrels kept messing everything up. Anyway, that's all I have to say.
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm changing my answer. I'm going to say 2.52. Because really, okay. there's no redeeming qualities other than the fact that Brendan Fraser is in it.
0: <laughs> you know what? You're right. If it, if it was not Brendan Fraser, I would not have liked this movie nearly as much as I did. And I did not like this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if any of you have seen this movie, a Vengeance... You can, you know, send us your thoughts on Twitter or Letterboxd. We're at BMS Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email at Bad Movie at gmail.com. And just a huge thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing our theme song. Um, the song is Riptide, and you can find it at incompetech.filmmusic.io, which is his website. And He's got a lot of great songs on there. And thank you for listening to this episode. And wow, this movie was not as fun as we were hoping, but you know what? Maybe the next one will be. Hopefully
0: this episode was fun to listen to, though I would not recommend watching the actual movie. But, you know, you can get basically the entire plot from just listening to to us talk about it. So you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, we did everyone a service here. In the meantime, we have been Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And we will see you next, next week.